Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 153, Not Just Hearers. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Lori Krieg, and I am with my favorite licensed therapist, Argyle expert, and my husband, Matt Krieg. Hello. Hey, Matt. And of course, we do have the most professional radio voice among us, producer Steve. Steve, Merry it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you too, Matt. Man, guys, we are so excited that today I was explaining to my four-year-old who still thinks Christmas is just about getting presents that it's Jesus' birthday and her eyes got really wide and she was very excited. So happy birthday, Jesus. But in addition to being excited about that, we are excited to dive today into a conversation about not just being hearers of the word, uh, but doers of it. Like it says in James 1, to 23, God tells us to go and make disciples, to flee immorality, to love our neighbors. There's lots of active verbs uh, when it comes to being a Christ follower. And I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I feel like Rona, Steve, your former best friend. <laughs> Sorry, you're going to get all the Rona jokes now because you had. Sure. Your, Hanging out with her. You're friends with her? I don't know. <laughs> She's your arch nemesis. How do you feel about Corona after having I'm frustrated her? that she took my sense of taste, especially at this time of year. Good grief. Seriously. You developed a distaste for her. There you go. But, Good job. <laughs> goodness, Matt, but I don't know about you guys, but I feel like in this season, it's kind of gotten me a little bit complacent. Like, just kind of like, eh, do I want to? I don't want to. And I have the excuse. Shelter in place. So I, if, and sometimes it can feel like we deserve to be apathetic. And so I want to dive into that tension right there. And I pray and hope this is not going to be like a big, like shame fest, but I really just want to encourage you all with two people who I uh, met within the last year who are beautiful examples of not just being hearers of the word, but of stepping in and being doers of it. And those are two people who began as Hole in My Heart podcast listeners and turn into volunteers with us, Amanda McLaurin and Jonathan Leach. Guys, welcome. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having us. Okay. I would love for you guys, I just gave a teensy tiny bit of introduction that you were just not just listeners. All of you matter. I love you lots. Um, but you began as listeners and turned into volunteers. So tell us a little bit about yourselves and how do you volunteer with us? Let's start with Amanda. Yeah, thanks, Lori. Uh, like you said, my name's Amanda. I live in York, Pennsylvania. For those of you who don't know where that is, a.k.a. anyone who doesn't live in York, it's about two hours west of Philadelphia. We're south of the county known for its chocolate and west of the county known for its cattle and baked goods. So <laughs> I work in the cattle and baked goods county as a pharmacy courier delivering prescription medication to nursing homes. I'm also the founder and co-host of The Heart of the Matter, um, which is a twice monthly discussion group about a pretty great podcast called The Hole in My Heart. Uh, not sure if you've ever heard of that, but <laughs> can I can I plug in the middle of a plug? <laughs> I don't know. Plug? <laughs> we're going to go into like Inception or something and we're all going to fall asleep. Yeah. And wake up somewhere else. Or need a surge protector or something. <laughs> that's, it. Plugs. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's who I am. Love it. John. Welcome. Is it John? Do you like Jonathan or John? Uh, my friends call me John, so you better call me John. I'm going to call you John. Um, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but I do go by both, so no worries. 
Um, so yeah, I'm John and I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I work at a hospital, Christ hospital right here. They gave me this nice little thing for Christmas, which which guys, I'm just going to do a little plug. Here comes a surge protector. If you guys want to see his sweatshirt that he was just holding up the logo for his hospital, you guys can find us on YouTube and Vimeo and you can see our lovely guest today. So you work at Christ hospital. What do you do there? Yes, I work in the patient placement department, which is not something that a lot of people know about. Um, To like put it in a nutshell, I tell people I make sure whatever happens in the hospital happens in the computer. So I sit in an office and I talk to people all day and it's great. I love it. Um, I also co-host and co-founded The Heart of the Matter which is our bi-weekly podcast meeting with my fantastic co-host, Amanda. <laughs> and um, yeah, we love diving into deep topics and uh, talking about our favorite podcast. Love it. You guys are so precious. Um, now, I did not expect to be plugged to this podcast in the podcast, but I really do appreciate these guys. And I'm so excited for you guys to meet them more and really uh, for all of us to be encouraged. I heard a quote recently that all of us, every single person on the planet, no matter who they are, are we're all like under encouraged. And so I hope that those of us listening leave here feeling encouraged to really be doers of the word and follow. Just have some examples of it. But first... You know what's happening. It's the question of the week from last week, which this seems Christmas appropriate. What was a favorite childhood toy that when you see it or think of it now, you're like, I think I kind of want to play with it. Would that be cool? Is that okay? Let's, uh, let, let's start with you, Amanda. So I'm a child of the 90s. Hey. When I was growing up, there was a toy called Skip It, which apparently was a reboot from the 60s. You guys know that? Anyway, you put the plastic ring around your ankle. It's attached to a tether, attached to a plastic ball. It's like jumping rope, but instead of the rope, you jump over the ball and the bar. Um, Each time you get a revolution, you get a point. It ticks up. You feel instantly validated. It was good stuff. Okay, so (laughs) I love this toy. But I can't tell you how many times I smashed that stinking ball into my shin. Oh, yeah. And this thing had some weight to it. Wasn't it dangerous? It had some weight to it to keep it spinning. Um, and it was kind of a toy where you play with it, you get injured, you forget that you get injured, and then you go back and you play with it again. <laughs> you, you know, it just hit the same momentary same laps. Spot. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess after 25 years, I just forgot about the pain and want to try it again, or maybe I want to get even. I don't know. But that was <laughs> that's a toy that came to mind. That's so great, John. Yeah. What about you? Um, I went with a Nintendo 64. I that was like me and my brother's first game system and we were nerding out so hardcore and I still occasionally think about that. And that's one of my favorite Christmas morning memories actually is, which is appropriate for when, when this gets posted. Um, This is one of my favorite Christmas morning memories is opening that box, plugging in our Nintendo 64 and playing games for hours. 
Matt looks like he's in church right now. He's like closing his eyes and like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Say some more. Preach it. Yeah, preach it, man. <laughs> oh, Matt, you want to go next? Uh, I mean, I could also wax poetically about the Nintendo 64, but I will, I will just say that I really enjoyed what Erica said on Facebook. She said, classic, but my brother and I used to love playing with Legos together. And I would do that again if there was an opportunity. And for me... If I wasn't going to pick the Nintendo 64, John, you took that one. I'll give it to you. Um, I would say connects. So it's kind of like Lego's, you know, cousin, I guess. They're the rods and the little snowflake looking things that you snap together and you can make all sorts of stuff. And I remember building like a seven foot tall Eiffel Tower with my friends and my brother. And it was amazing. And we tried to get in the magazine and it didn't happen, but we were really proud of ourselves. I have not heard this story. You took pictures and sent it in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we cool. little Matt's heart broke. <laughs> no, Oh. <laughs> no, it was still amazing. It was still like, awesome. Like, where's the pain? Let's talk about the pain. Yeah, no, there wasn't pain. There wasn't pain. Don't, don't budge me into pain. I was, I'm having a happy memory. You guys were those brothers who could like just nail Jenga, weren't you? Oh, oh. he still is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> learning something new, busting out the Jenga moves. That game. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you guys. Steve O'Dell. Well, I'm just kind of feeling a little old because Connects was what my kids were really into, Matt. Right. So. It's a lot, son. Um, I appreciated this comment. It was from Michelle. She said, hungry, hungry hippos, hands down. And uh, to me, that reminds me of the game I got. I don't know. I was probably eight or nine. Rock'em, sock'em robots. Yeah. Um, similar to hungry, hungry hippos. You're just hitting this like little lever like as fast as you can to try to knock the block off your opponent. So... Is this why you're in radio? You can just push the button. Yeah, maybe. I just like (laughs) buttons. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I appreciated this from Sue. She said, strawberry shortcake doll. When you squeezed her, she blew out a strawberry smell. My uh, older sisters, being the ninth of 12 kids, we have several generations in our family. So the oldest sisters, which are more your age. Sorry, Steve. But uh, they had strawberry shortcake cake. And so I definitely played with those. But honestly, I was hanging out in my fave store, Kohl's, (laughs) and ran across Polly Pocket. So they like did like a major transformation of her and made her this like high school cool girl for a while who was very big. And I was like bemoaning for years that she was not the choking hazard one that I had as a kid that you could cram in your little jeans. It was like little doll with her little house that looked like a clamshell and you'd shut it and you, you could not put the Polly Pocket in your pocket. It would rip your pants. But I sure tried. But they brought it back, guys. They brought it back at Kohl's and I want it so bad. That's all. Okay. I have to say I agree with you, Lori. Right? Okay. If we ever hang out in real life, let's play. What, Matt? I was going to say, is it pocket size again? Oh, right. That's the whole point of the story. They shrunk her again, make, made her the appropriate choking hazard, and threw her in her little clamshell. So mm-hmm. I want to play now. Yep. She's not the cool girl she was yeah. for a while. 
Thank you, Matt, for helping. Okay, me thank you, because choking no. hazard, no. yeah, all that good stuff. Cool. <laughs> I need to know. I'm sorry. I, I think it's not a good childhood toy. It doesn't have that warning on it somewhere. Yes, yeah, mm. big and bold. Warning choking hazard. You know you've got a good one when you could potentially die by playing with it. <laughs> then then you have the perfect child's toy, just saying. Yeah, you or it, it leaves you physically and emotionally battered and bruised right. on the shins. <laughs> exactly. Skip it. <clears throat> Skip it. I don't have Rona. That was just allergies. <laughs> oh, this shoe's on fire, y'all. Okay, you guys know what's happening. You know what's happening. This set of questions that we ask every guest, and you guys are getting it. If the gospel is, I'm more loved than I imagined, yet more sinful than I believe, when was the gospel first? Good news for you. And how is it still today on Christmas Day 2020? Amanda, let's roll with you first. Yeah. Well, uh, I was blessed to have been raised in a Christian home by my mother and her older sister, my aunt. I have one older sister named Tiff, who uh, we're five years apart. People think that we're twins and we're like, that would have been one heck of a labor, wouldn't it? And they're like, <laughs> what? It's like, no, we're not twins. We're five years apart. And they kind of go, oh, that's nice. Uh, Anyway, even though uh, I was young, I remember understanding the gravity of sin, uh, the need for salvation, and the fact that I could only be saved through Jesus' sacrifice. So I accepted him as my Lord and Savior somewhere around age four or six, somewhere in there. Um, I had an awesome childhood church with really sound doctrine and super loving people. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, Despite having grown up as a believer, I would say the gospel was first good news for me when I was 10, uh, my mother had been diagnosed with stage three, stage four liver cancer when I was seven. Um, When I was 10, she actually passed away. So at that time, my aunt took over full guardianship of uh, my sister and me. Um, Just a shout out to my family. I'm so grateful for the two of them. And I love them so much. My sister has always been a beautiful example of Christ in my life. And my aunt sacrificed so much for us to give us the things that we needed and some of the things we wanted as well. She pretty much became a single parent overnight. So, um, so incredibly blessed to have them in my life and to have the family I had to go through that hardship. Um, Anyway, there I was, a 10-year-old little girl who had just lost her mother. Uh, The rubber was really meeting the road. Was God who he said he was? even though my mother and all the love and comfort that she had given me and all the security was gone. And I found out that he was, um, and not only was he who he said he was, he was also really near to me during that time. Um, After losing my mother, I went through several years of intense OCD episodes to the point where it actually interfered with my ability to eat. My anxiety and stress levels were that high. Um, I remember spending a lot of time just listening and listening to and singing worship music. Um, And those were some extremely difficult moments, but I just felt the comfort of the Lord's presence as I reflected on the truth of the lyrics. And those times with him were some of the only times that got me through. Singing and praising were the times when the thoughts stopped. That's when I was able to just be at peace. Um, Plus my amazing church congregation was there for us every step of the way. They'd come over and they'd clean or they'd cook or they'd bring meals. Uh, They'd take my aunt to work because she didn't have a driver's license at that point. Only my mother had. Um, I was 10. My sister was 15. Um, They might come over. My church family helped me out with homework. My mother was in the last few weeks of her life. They would come over and sit up with her all night, just reading scripture to her. 
Um, so I saw that God was good news because he never left me, but I also saw the good news through the body of Christ. And I'm never going to forget that, uh, how the gospel is still good news for me today. Uh, looking at the finished work of Christ on the cross reminds me that I don't have to be perfect or complete. The battle has already been won, but I'm still a work in progress, honestly. Uh, Jesus' work of justification gives me time to allow the Holy Spirit's work of sanctification to transform my life. His mediation means that when I blow it, I'm only a moment of repentance away from being back into unbroken fellowship with the Father. The gospel really just gives me margin to be human, to be broken, and still know with utter confidence that God is putting me back together again, even better than new. So I'm just so grateful. Love it. Love it. Thank you for sharing that, Amanda. What a beautiful example of faithfulness from you and the church. Um, Yeah. Game changer. Yeah. John, uh, help us understand a little bit more of your gospel, just interaction, your gospel story. Yeah. uh, First, let me just say that um, I've heard Amanda tell her story before, and um, it always is so encouraging to hear how God worked in her life. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I would have known she was going to come to preach, I would have dressed for church, but I didn't. (laughs) Um, I'll give you a warning next time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I grew up in a Christian home and um, I also grew up in a very strict Christian church culture. Mm. And I think that uh, they taught me how to uh, understand that I needed God, but not in a way that I connected with him. And I don't, I don't know if that was necessarily their fault. I think as I've grown older, I've realized that people can only can only teach you what they know. And so um, I really am thankful for that. Um, But I think because I couldn't really connect with God, I, I ended up going to my, my college years. And when I got to college, I was still very spiritually disoriented. And I think that that left me with a, a knowledge that God is real, a knowledge that like I, God was supposed to save me from something, but I didn't understand what it was till I got to the beginning of my sophomore year. And I realized I did not have a relationship with God at all. Mm. And so I had been dealing with a years long pornography addiction and was, um, had a secret years sexual abuse story that I hadn't told anyone. Mm. And so, um, I, the beginning of my sophomore year, I walked up to my band teacher's office door and I knocked on it and he told me I could come in and he dropped everything so he could listen. And I told him I need help and I don't know how to how to know God. I don't know how to serve him. I'm not a Christian. And he sat with me and he listened 
and he showed me who God is. And that started a years long discipleship relationship, which transformed my life. Wow. And um, I think that's really how the gospel was first good news to me was God showing himself as someone who was there for me, someone who would listen and was patient and someone who cared about me specifically. And he did it through his people. Yep. And that's, I can never overstate how important that is to be the hands and feet of Jesus because people do see Jesus in us. Mm. And I think that's kind of how the gospel is still good news to me because through that, I've seen Jesus break chains of addiction in my life Mm. and I've seen him transform and heal wounds that I never thought would be healed. And it's, it's really been incredible and God's still, still working on me, but that's, that's my story. Love it, man. You said it so well and you both have said it just the, I mean, we could end the podcast now. We are not going to, but like the whole, not just be hearers of the word, but doers of it. That's why you both are running after Jesus. Like he could use anything, you know, but so often he wants to use us. It's us he wants to use to reach people. Oh man. Okay. So Amanda, I, I guess I just would like to know why, why this podcast, what, what got your heart into it and, and why do you want to get involved beyond just this listening, just listening to us? Sure. Sure. Well, uh, I'll backtrack a little bit, let you know how I ended up listening to you yeah. and then I'll let you know what made me want to kind of join forces with you or link arms and, and run, run forward. Do I say that? I've never bingo. heard Bingo! <laughs> She's created a bingo card, friends. Uh, if you're not a part of the Hold My Heart podcast Facebook group, which is where you could hear about this Heart of the Matter group that they're running twice monthly right now. Um, she created a bingo card with all the phrases we say so often, including link arms and run toward. Also, Tim Keller. Also, I don't know, several Juju. others. Juju. <laughs> Shamey, love that and shamey. Amanda, so what what got you listening and then joining? Yeah, yeah. Well, I started listening to the podcast uh, just before the pandemic hit Pennsylvania. So um, because I drive for a living, I have a lot of time to listen to podcasts and audiobooks and music. I actually heard you and Matt on Java with Julie, Dr. Julie Slattery's mm -hmm, podcast related to authentic intimacy. I was blown away. Laura, you very respectfully went toe to toe with Dr. Slattery. (laughs) Did I? I? you did i was like dang who is this woman she's like this little passionate jesus firecracker i have to figure out who the heck she is it was oh my gosh so anyway i realized that you were a podcaster yourself i found hole in my heart podcast and i started listening so um the early episode i listened to really spoke a lot to me especially the episodes about Heather Scriba, which I think was episode 99. Yeah. Um, and your testimony right from the very start of the series in episode three. Um, that was some of my first exposure to side B and the idea of acknowledging same-sex attraction without acting on it. Um, and also then choosing to present it to the Lord as a sacrifice and an offering. 
um, and saying, Lord, do with this whatever you will, trusting him that it's going to be for my good, for the edification of the church and ultimately for his glory. So that really gave me a lot of hope. Mm. Um, I continued in, let's see, it would have been a couple of months after that. Oh, yeah. The podcast hangout that you guys did in mid-April of this year your very first one. Mm-hmm. I think your last one at the moment as well. Yeah, we've only is, done one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes it easy to count because you guys are so busy so much of the time just loving on everybody. So it was the one, the original, the OG, the only. Uh, <laughs> and uh, actually it was on Zoom and that's where I first met John. We actually connected after that. We started getting to know each other. We shared our testimonies, um, which was awesome. Then we got to mid-June and you guys did an Instagram live that I was also a part of. And I think, John, you were probably there too, I think. Yeah, you were I there was. Too. Okay, okay. Um, the Lord has spoken to me a little bit before then about what are you passionate about, Amanda? And he encouraged me to consider approaching you with the idea of volunteering. Um, after the hangout, I felt confirmation to reach out to you about the heart of the matter and the rest is history. Mm. And again, the heart of the matter is uh, a twice weekly video chat hangout that these guys have been leading since about July, right? Just cultivating conversation or what? Twice, twice monthly. Oh, not twice weekly. That would be ridiculous. It's twice (laughs) monthly, uh, which has been a really great place, um, which I've so loved because I've had on my heart, you know, like you mentioned, we did the one podcast hang. It's just so hard to get Matt and I in a room and then turn on our game faces and then cultivate conversation in the midst of everything else we're doing. So I have such a burden for cultivating community within that Facebook group. Um, And so, so grateful that you stepped up. John, how about you? You meet Amanda, you come to some of these podcast hangs, I guess, just like what drew you first to the podcast, if you want to share that. And then what drew you to saying yes to not the dress, but to (laughs) the heart of the matter. I can't make it rhyme. (laughs) I can't make it rhyme. (laughs) Go for it. Yeah, uh, I started listening to the podcast after... I found Preston Sprinkle. Um, So such a good guy. And I found his stuff on the center for faith.com. Oh yeah. Um, And he had blog posts and all these guest writers. And I would, I would refresh that blog every day. I was always looking for a new post. I was like, I need help because I, had just um, graduated from college and God was doing still some really incredible growth and healing. Uh, but I knew that I needed more and I needed to be purposeful. Hmm. So uh, yeah, I found his, on his page, there was a, do you need help? And I said, yes, I do. <laughs> and um, he had linked your website to his page And I found your website, found the podcast, and started listening probably late last year. And I was like, I wonder if there's like a community that I can join. And I think you had maybe mentioned it on the podcast that we could hop on the Facebook group. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, I'm going to do that. Mm. So I joined and I've been praying a lot about 
God allowing me an opportunity to serve. I had been having people pour into my life, but I wasn't really able to pour into other people. Yeah. Mm. So I was praying about it. And with my work schedule, it was really hard to get something that would allow me to do evenings, allow me to switch it up maybe if I needed to. Um, and it could be something consistently that I could do each week. And lo and behold, this girl named Amanda showed up in my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, hey, you seem really cool. I've seen you on the page and like we've interacted a little bit. Do you care if I add you as a friend? And we chat. And I was like, sure. <laughs> and um, so she started chatting with me and we got to know each other and realized that we're both really passionate about um, speaking to this community. And I think that everyone in our churches needs to know about this community. These people who are surrendering daily our struggles and our lives to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when I was searching for my own resources, they were so few and far in between to find. So I knew that when I found you guys that I wanted to be a part of it and bring it to my circle and bring it to the people that I knew because I believe God, the gospel is so, so well shown through our lives and through your lives. And that's, that's kind of how we got here. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I just really love about what I've heard from both of you guys is there was this, just this distinct, like going to God and, and, and really listening, okay, he's calling you forward to, like Amanda, he called you to reach out to Lori and John. Like you're, you're feeling this, this call not just, not just to receive, but to, to also give out to the community. And so then you, you guys meet, you start this, this uh, the heart of the matter. And I, I guess, how did you guys discern, like as you were trying to form kind of the discussion and just the group and, and everything, like, how did you discern, okay, what is the purpose? What is like, what was the thing you were really going for in creating the group? And how did you find that out? Yeah. Um, actually, I feel like you guys kind of gave me a gimme on this one. Cause what really happened was I attended your Instagram live. Like I said, I asked the two of you, how can I discern my vocation? You guys had some great answers about taking a step and trying something. And then I messaged Lori and I was like, can we try something? <laughs> and you were like, yeah, I was like, that's perfect. No, actually, I think this was a special circumstance where the Lord prepared each of us in advance. And so the process went very smoothly, but, um, like I said, typically, um, the Lord will ask me, what's in your heart? What are you really passionate about? And uh, that happened before I attended the Instagram live. And I said, you know, I would really love to have a monthly or maybe every other month where I would get together with other believers, like-minded, united by something we're passionate about and or a specific struggle and just encourage one another, just love on one another, bring truth, bring scripture and support each other in a way that maybe we wouldn't get in the general, you know, population, so to speak. And then you talk a lot, Lori, about 
people with um, gender or orientation struggles, challenges, whatever, mm -hmm. brokenness, mm -hmm. feeling relegated to the side, like, oh, you're in a, you're in a special class all into yourself, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? And it's like the, the class that nobody wants to be in because right. you go in and you're like, I'm, I'm never going to get out. Yeah. I'm just lumped. And I was like, I want to have a group where it's a good thing to be special. It's a good thing to say, this is what I'm dealing with. It doesn't make me any better or worse than anybody else, but because we all share this aspect of our lives, we can lean on each other in ways that maybe we couldn't outside of it. I want it to be a safe place. Mm -hmm. Is the group only for people who are wrestling with sexuality and gender or is it, is it, are people coming with anything? People are coming with anything. And I think one of the nice things is that because we're starting off on a platform of Know, sharing things about ourselves we might not share everywhere else people with all different varieties of brokenness are coming like oh you shared that i can share this yeah oh i'm sharing this so you feel comfortable and we're spurring one another on in vulnerability in whatever we're struggling with as the body of christ it's awesome but one thing that's good is it's the same sex stuff or the gender stuff has been so relegated to the basement corner and so mm -hmm. what's nice is if there's a group of hey we wrestle with brokenness and wait what this one's included <laughs> like it's just so refreshing that you it's it's just the the table is set the ground is leveled john how about you what about the same sort of question as far as discernment process for saying yes again why do i want to keep rhyming with dress saying yes <laughs> to this uh volunteer position like what what was that discernment process like for you um yeah so i had started praying once again i'd started praying about an opportunity to serve and i have I have a friend that uh, likes to say that the Holy Spirit is not like the appendix of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> he's not like some less helpful member of the Trinity that we can just nix and not, not do anything with. And in fact, um, Jesus said in John 16 to his disciples that it was better that he sends his spirit. Um, even though his disciples had seen these visual evidences of Jesus's deity and they were able to hold on to that as proof for them of who God was, Jesus said it was better that he sent his spirit. Yeah. And so I started to really wrestle with that in the months leading up to um, in, into leading up to talking to people in the heart of the matter about these issues and about the podcast discussions. And I decided that if Jesus truly meant that it was better that his spirit was here with me, that I could trust him. And Jesus commanded me to go and make disciples. And I may not be able to be a teacher or, I mean, I, I studied to be a teacher, so hopefully one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I may not be a preacher or have an opportunity to be in church every Sunday because I work at a hospital. 
And that doesn't excuse me from the fact that God called me to make disciples. Yeah. And so I had been praying about this and I'm a firm believer that God will enable you. His spirit will enable you to follow his commandments. Yeah. Good. So he, uh, really opened some doors I didn't expect. I, I had prayed for an opportunity to serve and I was kind of thinking like local church and it just wasn't working out. And then I got the message from Amanda that she had talked to you about this. And I realized that I could be part of the capital C church yeah, and that I could be part of something that would enable me to still fulfill that commandment that Jesus gave me. And that's, that's how I got to my, my yes for this group. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well put. So John, you, you really, I don't know, eloquently put it. And, and actually, as you were talking about the Holy spirit, I, I got chills. Um, just that it is better that he comes and he is with us. And, and so often, you know, we, we can look and be like, well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a, you know, a, an evangelist. I'm not doing these big tent revival type things. Like, right. and, mm-hmm. and we can become very apathetic, I guess, to the spirits moving in, in our lives and what he's calling us to do. And, and so for you personally, um, for, for both of you personally, I guess, how do you, how do you fight against this? Like, uh, some, sometimes kind of just sliding into apathy and just going about your tangible day and doing all the tangible things that you need to do and just losing sight of the call that, that God has placed on your lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good question. Do you, do you care if I jump in on that one, John? Go ahead. Okay. I'll jump. I'll do it. So for me, usually I think through three questions. Number one, what will the world miss out on if I don't do this? Number two, what will I miss out on if I don't do this? And number three, what's keeping me from saying yes? Um, We all have something that only we can give that God put us on the earth and nobody else can do that work besides us. If the only thing stopping me is fear, then it's time to dig in and start praying for faith and courage to move forward. Good word. Good word. Yeah, I I think for me, it's a little, unfortunately, let, I don't have a three-point outline. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use that, Amanda. That's great. Yeah, can you say um, it again? One more time, Amanda. You said, what is God? Yeah. What's the world going to miss out on? Sorry, John. I was like, I just want to remember that. No, absolutely. And what I'm so tickled about is that typically, John, you're the one who's concise and I just (laughs) wax maybe poetically for hours and hours. Um, So it's hilarious. Anyway, the three things I said were, number one, what will the world miss out on if I don't do this? Number two, what will I miss out on if I don't do this? And number three, what's keeping me from saying yes? Beautiful. Okay, John, now we're going to hear the narrative, the color commentary. (laughs) I think for me, as I've grown closer to Jesus and as my relationship has become more purposeful and deeper, uh, the Holy Spirit's kind of taken the ability to be apathetic away. (laughs) 
Um, I think I I don't know if that's that way for everyone. It could be uh, my Enneagram five ness. I don't know, <laughs> um, but I think that as you spend time with someone and as you build a relationship with someone, you begin to care about the things that they care about, and you begin to be sad about the things that they're sad about, etc. And as I was purposefully getting closer to Jesus, that proximity to him helped enable me to be passionate about his people and the people of the world that he cares about. That's right on. That's right on. Love it. Okay. So I do have people who have approached me and maybe are listening now and they're like, Hey, I asked you for a volunteer position. You didn't give me one. Um, I see you and I hear you and I love you. It's uh, there's a discernment process I go through, but two, it's like, what's the felt need and are are you is there a position? And so I try and just be uh, prayerful about that. Um, so there's people who've come to me, and I know I've gone to other people, uh, and when I've wanted to volunteer a partner, maybe you guys have done the same thing, and they've said no. And I've been like, but I thought it was a yes. And so how do you guys process that uh, when it's a no? What What do you do, Amanda? Yeah, that is a tough one. I don't really like hearing no, <laughs> but I don't suppose that anyone really does <laughs> or else you probably wouldn't ask the question. Unless it's like, do I owe you? Yeah. No. <laughs> Everyone wants to hear no at that point. Other than that, kind of out of luck. Um, In the case where I think it's a yes, but I hear no, I usually go back to God. I ask him to show me, is it a no or is it a not yet? I don't want to kick down a door that God has closed, but I also don't want to stop knocking just because there's initial resistance. It could be, it could be timing. Maybe God needs to move a few other people or other things into place before it's the right time for me to move forward. Um, That happens at times as well. So I see clarification from God and I also ask others to pray for me um, to help me know how to best process the no. If the no is God's protection, over me by blocking the opportunity, then I just need to surrender it to him. Sometimes that's easier said than done, but it's still important. It's good. It's good. John. I would tell people who get a no from something that they're really passionate about, or they think maybe is their open door. If it turns out to be a no, trust God. Trust the process. And I think that sounds a little bit cliche, but I mean, they're cliches because they're true, right? (laughs) Um, Largely. I think Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples. So we can trust that he's going to give us the opportunity to do it. Yep. The opportunity. So you said earlier the the ability, but now you're saying the opportunity too. That's facts. Yep. Well put. Yeah. And that's, that's really where, where I've fallen, especially in different opportunities that have come up for me that didn't quite fit this, or I had a crazy schedule. And I'm not saying that like everyone should not consider those things. Maybe your schedule needs to change. I don't know. For me, I chose to take God as word that he would provide the ability and he, pr- he would provide the opportunity. That's great. Mm-hmm. Matt, you got one more. Well, I was just going to say, okay, so here we are 
Christmas time and in the new year that comes in a week, we, we are going to be saying goodbye to 2020 and it's been a hard year. (laughs) It's going to be, yeah, it's, it's been a hard year for a lot of people. And it's, it's so easy after a year, like we've had to just close up our hearts to, to, to hunker down, pay attention to ourselves, you know, and not move forward and make disciples and engage with others. And, do you have an encouraging word for, for people listening who, who maybe want to be doers of the word and not just hearers of it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I've, I've got the threes going today, so I've got three more for you. Start small, start today, and start. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really tempting not to want to move forward until every single detail is in place, but that's not realistic. The saying, you can't steer a parked car, I think is largely true. Um, mm. You know, over the course of my time volunteering with you guys, I've learned to start easing toward neutral a little faster than before. <laughs> not going to touch that gas pedal, mm. but don't sit in park drawing up weeks and weeks and weeks of plans before you even think about moving. Take a step. Mm. Like John said, trust that God will meet you in that, give you the ability and the opportunity. That was so well said, John. Perfect. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I think I would, I would tell people that the first step that they should take is to make sure that they're being discipled. Um, I'm Jesus is kind of like really hammering this home for me. And he has been for the last couple years. Um, you can't do what hasn't been shown to you. Mm, yes. And so I would say if you aren't being discipled, find someone who you trust who you have absolute confidence in their walk with God, um, someone who is not your age, that's, I feel like, really important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and start that discipleship relationship and allow God to show you what discipleship looks like to Him and then go out and do it for others. Great. And like Amanda said, start where you're at, because not everyone is going to be a preacher or a teacher, but we're all commanded to make disciples. And so do what comes to you. Do it in your circle and do it today. Just start. It's great. It's a good, good word from both of you. Guys, thanks so much for your time today. And uh, I would just ask one last thing. Is there anything you guys are chewing on right now? Any other podcasts or books that you're reading that you would just advise, uh, just recommend to listeners today? Maybe specifically around these conversations we talk about here or what we talked about today. Amanda, anything you want to throw throw at our friends? Um, I don't actually have a specific resource for the listeners, but I can offer a concept. Yeah. Um, I would recommend, especially at this, you know, Christmas time, try to plug into an online gathering and fellowship with others in that environment. Um, social distancing of 2020 has actually been a huge blessing for me mm-hmm. because I actually generally prefer to communicate with people online as opposed to in person. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, but my social circles have expanded a lot this year because everybody's online. It's awesome. <laughs> right now, <laughs> it's it's so cool. You used to only be able to find people online who didn't know how to talk to people. Now everybody's online. You're the only <laughs> place you can be. We have this influx of cool people who have joined the ranks of the hermits. And it's just so beautiful. Anyway, um, right now, I'm actually watching a YouTube artist do live streams. He does them several times a week of his drawings and paintings. I hang out in the chat room with other art fans, and we just talk about it as we watch his process. And it's so relaxing, and it's so chill. And it's not a Christian community, but it's still a community. Mm -hmm. I'm getting to know people, and I find it really, really cathartic just watching art in action. That's something I enjoy doing. I'd recommend, you know, find a COVID appropriate, relaxing way to fellowship with others and connect with them. That's cool. All right. How about you, John? Any recommendations? Um, I The only thing I'm really diving into right now is um, I've been reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry with John Mark Comer, which you guys. It's crazy. You guys talked. It's, it's so good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Still thinking about and that episode. <laughs> it's Info. so good. I think I would suggest that to people. And I think in quarantine in 2020, we've been tempted to kind of fill the empty space with whatever we can with our next Netflix binge or whatever it is. And I would encourage people to slow down and spend purposeful time with their family, first yeah. of all. Mm -hmm. and spend time with God, most importantly, and try not to fill the space. Allow God to talk to you in the emptiness and in the quietness and allow him to move on your heart and maybe he'll, he'll show you how to be a doer of the word in those moments. Guys, thank you so much uh, for serving the ministry and for serving this podcast audience today and the Facebook group um, that you guys have co-founded and spearheaded so well. Just thank you for being you. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to serve. It's wonderful. Yeah. Thanks so much. Oh man, guys. Uh, hey, I also wanted to pop in. And before we went to the question of the week, I did just want to thank those of you who are working this week and possibly even today, healthcare workers, emergency responders. Um, we've been so thankful for our teachers who are educating our kids and uh, Matt, use a therapist. Thank you, uh, Steve, what you're doing with the radio work. You guys, so many people are frazzled and exhausted and pastors. Oh, my word, the statistics of 70 percent are looking for other work. Guys, I'm praying for you. We're aching for you. We're so grateful for you. Just thank you so much for what you do. And even parent, not even parents, parents. How many times am I on a Zoom call in a day where it's parents who are also teaching their kids from home. It's just hard. So I just want to say as much as we can, we see you, but God sees you. He sees you right now. And just thanks for what you do. Okay. We have a question of the week for next week, which will launch our 2021 crazy town word for the year, guys. What's something God has shown you to focus your heart and mind and thoughts for 2021. We want to hear it. So that's like the word of the year. We've done this for the last several years of this podcast. We want to hear it from you. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can email me at podcast at lorikrieg.com. 
Thank you again to Amanda and John and for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast. We will see you next week.